Welcome to Kashmir on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashmir Magazine. We have a very special guest tonight. <laughs> I had made a mistake. I thought he was going to be here last week, but it was my it was my fault. I didn't check the calendar properly. Rabbi Fishbane. Rabbi Shalom Fishbane from the uh, CRC, the Chicago Rabbinical Council, is here. He is the, uh, the, in charge of the kashras for the, uh, the CRC. And in addition to that, he happens to be the executive director of the ACO, the Association of Kashras Organizations, which has over 100 members. We'll find out how many in a minute, uh, which represents basically all the kashras going on in in the world. Of course, uh, more representation here than the United States, but there are many foreign organizations that are also members of ACO. So without further ado, let me w- introduce my guest, Rabbi Shalom Fishbane. Are you hello, there? hello, Rabbi Wickler. How are you? Baruch Hashem. Welcome aboard again. We, we, I still remember the last time you were here. I still remember <laughs> you telling us about how someone had go ahead and, and, and mistakenly labeled the product as, uh, what was it, Parvo or was it or just dairy that wasn't Talvi Israel? What was the what was the case again? And you were going up buying all that stuff and and, 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 and taking it back with you or giving or gave it to a lady. You gave it to a lady who wasn't Machpelah Talvi Israel. What was the story? You, you remember that story? Oh yes, it was in the <laughs> shop right right there in Brooklyn. Yeah, uh, where lots of people and someone had um, one of our companies had labeled it. Uh, Parv, or actually dairy equipment, and ah. it was really milchig. Wow. So uh, we, we were going from store to store, shop right to shop right, buying out cases and finding people in the parking lot that uh, uh, were not Machbanachal Vistrol and surprising them with uh, how would you like uh, seven cases of, uh, <laughs> of this stuff. But it's interesting. Uh, I don't know if I told you the follow up. No, I didn't um, hear it. The, uh, in or- the, the, the company wanted to continue with us, and we felt that uh, in order to get our message across that they shouldn't make such a mistake, we, we, we gave him a knas. Now, the knas we, we decided on, we didn't want to take a knas of money that we would keep. That wouldn't be uh, what we thought ethical. Uh, so we, we, we basically said that he needs to set aside some money and give uh, some stucca. You know, and we gave him a choice of suckers he has to give to. Mm-hmm. And he came back to us and he says, you know, how about instead of giving me, you get me giving stucca, and we told him a certain amount, I'll triple that amount, excuse me, I'll triple that amount, but I'll give it in uh, ice cream bars. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he says, do you have any camps that would love to, uh, I said, of course I have camps. So I gave him a list of camps, summer camps, that got free par of ice cream bars, and it was just a great hit. And not only that, he brought him, he bought for them a ice cream a freezer, which they get to keep. Uh-huh. And uh, postscript to that is last Shabbos, the uh, the camp director came to me and said, "Any chance the guy misbehaved <laughs> this year? Because our campers love that. We'd really love to get that uh, those ice cream again." So uh, here you have it. The people are hoping that our companies misbehave, and we're trying. So that's the tug of war I deal with. But. But let me ask you about that story because I, I still I'm still entranced by the story. Did you get paid back from the company for the actual expenses of but we buying it up and did you have that much you got back? Yeah, that we we did bill him uh, for our expenses right. and uh, 
you know, just the laying out cash for uh, buying all that stuff up. Uh, we did we did bill him for that, and he gladly paid that. But um, everything else, you know, time and and everything else, uh, is we, that we common? What you're talking about in terms of a, a fine? If a person makes a mistake, what you call we call the knas, a fine. If somebody makes a mistake, I I sort of think that uh, maybe I'm dreaming, but I sort of think that many of the cautious organizations just let business go on. They don't want to lose the account, and uh, they don't necessarily give a knas unless it was a very gross kind of an error that was. Uh, Maybe malicious. You know what? It's a judgment call. You have to see. Sometimes it's a clerical error, and you know someone low on the totem pole that was supposed to check the labels didn't. Um, and it's honestly not the company mistake. You, but over here, the, the particular case, the, the fellow, um, he he tried to skirt the issue. He was someone that we thought that if we let him get away with it without some type of knas. He would, you know, he would do it again. Uh, they uh, they say Aganov remains Aganov. It's very hard to uh, go through rehabilitation for that. And, and the other question that I, I'm interested about is there is, uh, was it something that maybe Amashkia could have caught or should have caught? Uh, no, this was something that um, he, what happens is they're not allowed to run any labels without sending it to us first right. to pre-approve the label. And uh, which he did not do, mm. and then the mashkiach walked into the factory and, and saw these labels, and they had already run, um, you know, enough product to get out there that uh, he couldn't uh, he couldn't have caught. You know, it was in between visits, so uh, it happens. It happens as you know. I'm sure you, uh, anyone that reads your very fine magazine can read all of those alerts that come out <laughs> from day to day. Unfortunately, and, uh, unfortunately, yeah, it's too unbelievable. Many. It's unbelievable. But you know what? But you know what people don't know is uh, all the things that we did catch. You know, right. if if you if you would have a magazine of all of the, <laughs> I the good print news, it all. I couldn't print you, it all. You'd be uh, <laughs> you'd need a U-Haul to bring it to everyone's house. So. <laughs> I, I think that people don't realize that the majority of errors are taken care of right away before the product even is ready in the box to leave the plant. And if sometimes the box to leave and they catch it before that, it's, it's a, a, and I find also very, very often that the amount that left this, the plant is mm-hmm. infinitesimal. I right. mean, some of these reports that I do, it could be one box of, uh, you know, one cr- case. It could even be an individual box that was, they, they recovered everything except one box. And I'll put mm-hmm. it in because I, I feel that's the responsibility that everybody has in this game. But, it, but obviously, uh, the cautious administ- organizations are really trying their best to, to, to uh, catch it. And, and I would say that they do get a very, uh, very large percentage of it. But unfortunately, yeah. there still are, in the matter of hundreds of mislabeled products reaching the market every year. Yes, yes, yes. And, 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 the, and the, the oil that's uh, consuming the kosher products should, be, should feel a little better that is, if there's something very, very non-kosher, blatantly non-kosher, where, you know, there are, there are different ways to recall. If something is uh, seriously non-kosher... The agencies will be uh, will do a full call or recall where where um, they'll get it off the shelves. I mean, we just had a, a situation where we have some sprinkles that um, have a CRC on it, uh, and uh, one of the ingredients, one of the there's it's like a compartment of four, and one of the ingredients has um, is uh, has it's it's actually dairy, 
and uh, but it doesn't say dairy on it, and you know it, it's, we, we're trying to get it off the shelf. But the good news is the dairy is bottle. It's it's bottle bishishim. They just put it in for insignificant. So and, why do we uh, have to get it off the shelves? You know, it, 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 we're having a hard time getting it off the shelf. That's the truth. But the the, the urge to get it off the shelf is is less because uh, it's bottle. Why do people get off? Because you know people want to. Uh, feel comfortable when they see it says CRC uh, plane, that it means parif. But if it's, um, if it, halachically, if it's parif, you know, when we, when we run something on machinery that was koshered, it's possible mm-hmm. that there's still a dairy, a uh, small amount of dairy in the equipment, enough to cause an allergic reaction, but halachically parva. And this is, a, I have a fine line, I sit there trying to decide, because there are some people who put up on their websites, I'm not going to go mention names, but there's some mm-hmm. people who put up on their websites, every time a product has a, a part per billion of dairy, and mm-hmm. it's, 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 it's been cashered, but mm-hmm. still there's a little bit of dairy there, and they will put it up on their website and say that this is a dairy uh, product and mm-hmm. uh, the kasher say you see I speak to them and they say listen you know it really is halachically par but we kashered we did everything the shulchan aruch told us to do now right. that the part per billion doesn't have halachic significance it's if definitely could hurt somebody but halachically it's not an issue and and I won't put it in my magazine if I know that because I say we shouldn't make people concerned about what doesn't exist but halachically right. if something is really bottle if you really hold its bottle. You know, whatever. It's a real, real, real bittle that no calculations differently, not like about the, the terms of the difference between weight and volume. If you have a clear-cut bittle, where does it say anywhere that you have to announce that to the public? Just as mm-hmm. if, in the, if something happened in the kitchen at one of the CRC events, you wouldn't mm-hmm. go out and announce to everybody, don't eat the this. If halakhically it's mutter, you're putting it out. Right, it's a great question. I mean, the, the answer in this particular case is because in the ingredient it said something about <laughs> milk. <laughs> that, that's the problem. <laughs> so, you know, it's a little bit... Uh, we, right, right. No one wants to read a shtickle tire on the <laughs> side of every label, right? <laughs> right, right. Uh, but uh, I will tell you, I just I, I attended an emergency meeting with somebody uh, that was making grape soda, which is actually sold all over America, and um, they had uh, accidentally used uh, a small amount of non-kosher grape essence, and uh, they wanted to know if they have to do a recall. We're talking about, you know, close to a million dollars or certainly uh, well above uh, $500,000 of uh, recalling this. The owner happened to be a from person, so he says whatever the halacha says. And, it, and, and I'll just let you know, it's, it's a fascinating thing. People don't realize that many times they put the, the uh, he, what he did is he went to the lab and he made two of the exact same flavors, one with the grape and one without the grape, and it tasted the exact same. So the obvious question is, so why did you put in a little drop of, of the grape juice? What if it didn't make any difference? So he says, no, 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 because the label says natural flavors, <laughs> and in, in order for us legally. To be able to call it natural flavors, as opposed to people get scared when they see artificial flavors. Yeah. So legally, we need to put in a teeny, teeny drop uh, just just to be able to be calling it natural. Uh, I, I used to visit a, a plant that made What's clam that, 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 juice. I don't understand, Rabbi, Rabbi Fishman. I've I got to stop you here. I don't understand. If yeah. you have uh, 10... Uh, 
10 flavors mixed together, and nine of them are, are, are artificial, and you put one in that's, that's natural, you could say natural, I think, I always says natural and artificial. Yeah, it's called Wanif, you know, yeah. Wanif, uh, you know, which uh, is natural and artificial, right, with uh, other natural and artificial flavors. But, but uh, it's, uh, people, they need to be able to, you know, if you'll see the word natural and artificial flavors, the, the company will make sure the natural is, you know, better, uh, uh, it, it's bigger words. You know, that, that, this it's all about advertising. Right, right. So they put in a, they put in a small amount to be able mm. to say them. That mm. sells, you know. Wow. I was telling, I used to visit a plant that made uh, cl- clamato, which is a, yeah, a tomato clam. juice with clam in it. Right. And, and, and the amount of clam they put in was so insignificant. It was buttle. Buttle Bellif, Buttle Bamillion. Well, so I said to them, yeah. "Why are you putting in the clam? It makes no difference to your taste. The main thing is the kosher par of clam flavor that you're putting it anyway." They said, "No, again, it's just for labeling reasons." Wow. Uh, wow. So you know that that's part of what goes into making a decision when you when you make a recall on products. But let me ask you: in, you, you, I don't believe. Maybe I'm wrong. What you people were doing, I mean, that you actually yourself personally, ahead of a Akasha's organization, was, as I don't know, shop right and, and purchase the stuff that they are, I, I, I must have very mistaken when they ask for a full recall. When they, another organization, not CRC, they say, we made a complete recall. And they mean we even recalled it from the stores. They mean a letter went out. They don't mean that somebody's coming down there and actually picking up the product uh, or buying it all up. Is that, that, right. I don't think I think you went unless I'm mistaken. Am I right? You went a little bit beyond. Yeah, we went a little people. bit further than the norm. Bar Hashem, very yeah, nice. I'm very, I was very, I very much enjoyed that story. I couldn't forget right. it all this time. Right. It was a stra- it's, a, it's a dramatic story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, that shows a little bit about what Chicago Rabbinical Council is all about. But you don't have to <laughs> tell my listeners about Chicago Rabbinical Council because we had last week we had your, your representative and he did a, a fantastic job. Oh, good! I'm glad to hear. Yeah, he's quite—he's uh, quite uh, an expert, and I don't an know what, what a year you and a half he became he, an expert. In a year and a half he became an expert. Yeah, he's really. You know, <laughs> some people are. I, I tell people all the time that it used to be maybe in the olden times where um, a mashkiach, yeah. uh, you know, he, he may not have. T- let me put it. Let me say it on a positive note. The 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 uh, to be a mashkiach today, you need to. Uh, really understand technology to understand uh, chemicals to understand obviously halacha uh, to understand engineering uh, to understand how things are made. It, it's a real art. It's and a psychology. real malacha today. And psychology. And psychology. <laughs> human human resource. Yeah, they yeah. can never get in. And obviously, the most important thing is your shemaim. Right. If you remember when when Rav Matusio, uh, spoke oh, by, do I uh, remember? Oh, do I uh, remember? <laughs> he was fantastic. So he spoke at the ACO convention, yeah. and he said, how do you interview a mashkiach? You look at his hand. If his hands are not shaking from Yerushimayim, don't hire him. <laughs> Except, of course, if you're hiring him to be a shaykhet, right? That's sort of not the CEO said. So <laughs> certainly uh, there are people that are born with this. People just, and Akiva Baruch Hashem, Akiva Niyas is one of those that have all of those uh, 
components. He, he enjoys looking at things, so he's a great job. I, I'm sure you uh, touch a little bit about beer and liquor because oh, he's really become it. quite an expert on that. But we didn't get a chance to discuss enough about the, uh, about the trucking. I, we did a little bit at the end. I, I, mm-hmm. I remember we, we printed that article. We're not going to go into the details here, especially, you know, so many years ago. But at that time, we wrote an article about some of the difficulties that were going on in the industry, and that was what we're mm-hmm. talking about. Uh, in the, basically, it was about uh, individual truckers who have independent truckers who own their own machinery, their own uh, truck, their own rig, They'll 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 transfer for other people. That was the kind of thing that was written up in that article, which we, uh, you yeah. know, create a little enthusiasm, a little excitement. But, well, but, yeah. but what what is the situation like that today? I mean, could such a thing again occur? Is could it, is it happening? You know, uh, I'll tell you. I'll, I'll tell you. And a lot of it goes. Uh, thank you to you, but there there it's such a interest. Someone ha- if someone would write uh, a thesis on the cautious industry and how it's evolved. Trucking would be a perfect example where, you know, certainly 20, 30 years ago, trucking was... <laughs> Nobody knew so, about it. No one knew about it. Was thought they, were, they were just dealing with, like, serious issues, uh, kosherous, tarfus, uh, uh, right. kosher and And as those things became norm and, and more and more people wanted to become kosher, and the companies, uh, you know, we, we borrowed Hashem, so many more people got involved with kosher, real experts. Then we started tackling... The things that shall we say were kosher b'diyevet anyway, but weren't mechatzila, and one of those were trucking. As you know, a, a truck is uh, the amount is always going to be bazal b'shishin because it's dark and like like the famous shach. So um, you know, if back then they, we just didn't focus on it as much, but now um, we started focusing it, and certainly since the time you wrote the article till today, it's really been tremendously upgraded. And, you know, there's almost no uh, good hashkocha, reliable hashkocha, will take product coming in on a truck that was not uh, certified kosher or can show a koshering. And, um, and really, it's, it's been a tremendous, tremendous upgrade since those days. So, yashikoyach to you. And the whole industry really deserves a yashikoyach for this. My listeners think I, I deserve yashikoyach. If you remember, Rabbi Fishbane, it was you who gave me permission to write the article. We worked uh-huh. together on it. And David Cote is the one who uh, had actually done the, the basic... Uh, actually, no, the gentleman handed me the article itself. So I did mm-hmm. it straight from there. But, but let me ask you this. Um, would you be? I, I don't. Again, we don't want to discuss uh, names and anybody here. We never do that. But an individual rov, mm-hmm. even if he's a sincere person, is he mm-hmm. possibly capable of monitoring the trucking business of his of his clients the same way that you are capable of it? I mean, do you have a man dedicated pretty much full time or a large part of his time towards uh, towards the trucking industry? It, it mm-hmm. could a regular rabbi. Even if he's quite sincere, how mm-hmm. would he handle the trucking part? That is a great question, and there's really no politically correct way to answer <laughs> that. <laughs> I think I just answered it right. No, <laughs> we're, um, we're, we're just talking to each other. No, we probably nobody's listening out there. Anyway. Right, right, right. <laughs> For sake, um, you know, I, I, I think the answer to that is, I mean, in general, you're, you're right on target that. When you have um, a database and you have uh, you have the capital even to go after uh, leads or go after uh, look into like I send I'll be honest we send Rabbi Neos and others down 
to uh, visit plants and visit locations when, when we're not being uh, compensated for our expenses because, uh, you know, as a good cautious agency, we're able to dip into our reserves in order to do, co- do good cautious. That might be a challenge when you have individual rabbis. And that's, general, that's a general point uh, when you have a vod versus a, a, a rav. Rav Machsher, and I'm certain, certainly anyone that uh, has heard of Belsky speak, that's one of his uh, uh, main topics that bother him a lot, uh, how individual Rabbanim um, don't have the advantage of great Vadim. And, uh, but, you know, we'll leave that aside because it's Efshel Lekayim Shneim. Let me just explain how Efshel Lekayim Shneim. See, yeah. the, the, the sincere Rav HaMachsher, who doesn't have the personnel that you have, doesn't have the money that you have to spend and can't develop all that, etc. But he still has his telephone in his brain. And mm-hmm. the ones that I know, who I look up to and respect, who are individual rabbis who give hashkachas, they will pick other people's brains. They have connections in different places. They, make their, they do their due diligence with the telephone, with their contacts, and I think they do it effectively. Oh, absolutely. And I can attest to it. I know many of those Rabbanim, individual Rabbanim, who are ACO members, I speak to constantly, and I can attest that there's certainly a nice amount of them that do a tremendous job. And and in regards to the trucking, it goes in the same. I mean, certainly if a person is giving, or an individual is giving a hechsher to a, 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 usually it ends up being where, let's say there are certain halls, trucks that are dedicated for, they're only allowed to carry corn syrup from plant A to Coca-Cola, as an example. You know, there, there are trucks out there that are only allowed to carry for Coca-Cola, only for Pepsi, for the Zero or Tropicana. And um, it, it's the same truck back and forth, back and forth, from point A to point B. So certainly uh, an individual Rav uh, could do a very good job on monitoring that. Um, you know, it's it's the more complicated places. Uh, one of the things we have on our website is a map that anyone can tap into and look at the various wash stations. You know, if somebody's out there and they need to see which place uh, has you can go kosher, you can't. That's where it gets a little bit more complicated. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I think it's doable, but uh, in a limited way. Okay, before you go on to other things that maybe you wanted to talk about, that, that there's something I wanted to ask, uh, and this I. We don't go, we're not going to mention names again. And it's, and, and if you feel it's, I didn't mention it before to you. So if you feel that you, it's something that's not really appropriate for tonight, we will save for some other time possible. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I, I don't think our listeners know that the CRC is called upon periodically to uh, in, investigate a different hashkachas, been brought in by a certain hashkacha a vod of this or a vod of that, and, say, and they say, you know, we're trying to upgrade. We don't have all the wherewithal, and we don't know what you people are doing on in, in, in a national basis, and, you know, you're, you're, you're plugged into all of the good things that are going on in Kashrus. We want to we get your minds on our, on our hashkochus, and we invite you out, and we're paying you for the day, for a few days, you and a few other people to come out, and you go out to these communities different parts of the, of the country, and you visit them. Can we talk a little bit about that? Sure. Okay. Um, you don't have to answer um, anything specific. But right, I want to underst- yeah. understand what kind of things you're finding that you feel that you have to recommend back to them. 
and 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 what kind of things you, what what can we glean from that information without going into anything details and without uh, make and we're not trying to in any way uh, uh, you know make it people think that these other smaller organizations are not are not strong enough to to carry mm. the cautious weight. In fact, they invited you out and they're paying for it, so obviously mm. they are committed. The question right. is, what what kinds of things are you finding across the country that could be improved and that these people do try to improve? Well, let me let me start by telling you what, where it's coming from. There, you know, there are three things that I find when we get these calls, and there's, I'll be honest, there's a long list of items. <laughs> <laughs> that are requesting this. Wow, wow. And, uh, you know, we obviously can't get to them all. And we also want to, you know, many times we step into political messes. Oh, where yes. Where oh, we yes. don't, you know. But the three things that, that are the roots for, for these requests are the primary cause uh, for the for the call is they want to be on our approved list, which we have on our website. Um, and, and that leads into the second thing. You think the CRC is a unique organization where it's run, my, and my bosses are 15 Rabbanim, uh, community Rabbanim, which uh, usually is a bracha, but uh, we won't <laughs> say the other part. So I have 15 <laughs> bosses, all pulpit rabbis. Um, and um, and they're, they're, when they come to meetings and they set policies, their primary interest is how are you going to help the kosher consumer, the regular shopper in the store. They don't know any, no chachmas. They want to know, can I buy this product, can I not buy the product, and where can they get real answers to? So they call the rabbis, and the rabbis turn to us, and the rabbis, since they're our bosses, so they're at that's the push behind the CRC. So therefore, we've, we've created a very, very popular app where we give you a list of medicines. We spend a lot of time researching medicines led by Rav Dovacon, approved hashkachas. Obviously, we don't, we don't put everybody on because we can't insult people or get, you know, be liable. But uh, we put you know, some of the organizations. We give out a very, very popular card, which I'm sure Rabbi Wickler, you saw at the Kosher Fest. Sure, sure. Uh, some of these, these like credit card type things that they can see different hashkachas. So people call, what's it going to take for me to get on their website? That's, that's Olive. The second reason that people call, hashkachas uh, call, or, uh, is I find, you know, just pure, Baruch Hashem, Yerushimayim. The Rabbanim are running a small community vod. Uh, they see that there, uh, there are things that could be worked out, and they reach out to a, a, a larger VA that has the wherewithal to help out, as well as has the same uh, shirish of trying to honestly just work for the community. It's not a private-owned business. It's not, uh, and uh, so they reach out. And the third reason is, and this may be, um, is where the, <laughs> you know, I have to be careful, but, uh, you know, <laughs> We're, uh, we're, we honestly are not in, at all interested in taking over um, no. other other uh, restaurants or anything like that. I, I actually before before I got on to uh, to talk with you tonight, I, the Chicago Tribune called, and they were asking about our various restaurants. They're doing some piece on a new restaurant that opened up locally, and they asked, uh, why don't you give uh, hashkachos in other communities? Mm-hmm. And I said, because our policy is, in when it comes to restaurants and catering and food service, if you cannot jump into a car and put out a fire, 
which, as you know, Rabbi Wickler, in restaurants and, and, and catering, it happens every day. Uh, you don't mean you, a real fire. You mean the other kind of fire. I don't mean a real fire. <laughs> but we do that also. You know, we're yeah. trained in all. Uh, um, then, uh, then you are not, uh, we feel that you cannot do a, a very, very good job. So we only, we, we, we turn down many, many opportunities in other communities throughout the United States uh, um, to uh, give on local restaurants and whatnot, because we just don't feel we'll do a good enough job. So when you know, and so I guess the uh, I guess if Avad knows that or, or there's no chance that the restaurant might turn around and come to us and say, well, why don't you just certify us mm-hmm. uh, that we would never take us? They feel a little bit comfortable. So having said that, um, that's the background. And yes, we have um, we have gone in. Um, we usually come in with like a team of three or four, where we'll come in and spend a couple of days going through all of their places. We'll, we'll also um, we also spend a lot of time understanding the structure of the vod, and that's kind of what we spoke about before. If you don't, if there's not a good structure of of halacha, of uh, management, of financial. Of um, being able to have access to um, databases that you know incorporate a lot of uh, uh, ingredients or even things as meat supplies, which which flesh is is mahadran, which isn't. There's so much to know. Then really, as a vod, uh, it's just prone for for failure or prone for problems. So we're able to to give advice to help out. Sometimes they'll say, okay, that means we have to hire somebody else. Um, you know, so we'll give them advice of, about who's looking in the industry. You know, just people that call us and we're able to uh, be a shatkin. And Baruch Hashem, I've been able to be a shatkin from, from good uh, kosher agencies. And, um, and then what we'll do is we'll write up uh, two reports, uh, you know, uh, a report that's specifically about the, every particular restaurant or caterer or, or whatnot and what has to be, so to say, fixed up. And then we'll write a general report about the VOD, about uh, the structure and whatnot, and then we'll give it to them. And it's up to them what to do. If they, if they want to, so to say, get, get on, our code, on our list, then we'll come back for a follow-up visit or we'll be involved and uh, and then uh, you know and after that, Baruch Hashem, we'll, we feel very comfortable. And we could add them to our list, and we've done that with many communities. And that's one of the few things, you know, which, as you know, Rabbi Wickler, sometimes uh, our industry can get a little bit, uh, uh, shall we say, uh, have a lot of stress. How's that? <laughs> so uh, so sometimes when you think about uh, okay, what. What's some of the, the, the positive things that, uh, so those are the type of the positive things that, Baruch Hashem, there are communities that we've had a yad, had a hand in uh, improving their kashras. That's a beautiful, a beautiful story. I, I, I wonder if my listeners understand as, as fully as I try to understand what you just said. Really, Rabbi Fishbane, you have to understand that, the, uh, that what you have done single-handedly, you know, between the ACO and the CRC, but this particular thing, is is amazing. I I mentioned it on the radio so many times. I don't know if my listeners remember it or if they if they followed up on it. But as I said, if you go to crcweb.org, th- you will find there a list 
Uh, you have to punch a few things in, but evidence you're going to get a list of all cautious organizations that are a so-called recommended list. It won't say recommended, but it says there a list. And you have to understand between the lines what Rabbi Fishman just explained to you how difficult it is to get on there. And he takes people on after he's convinced that they belong there. And he mm-hmm. takes people off when he's convinced that they don't belong there presently. And as Rabbi Fishman explained to me another time, that the uh, you know it's not a question of whether they're bad if they're, they're on there, but the fear, the level of confidence that he has to feel to put somebody on there, it has to be that I could feel that he's always going to be right, and right. that I can't watch each little thing. Right. So that, that's you hit it on the nose. That's that's the nakuda. That's an occur. That not that we have to keep following up with that exactly, Henry Wickler. I, I again, I, you're being very modest, but a lot of this uh, started <laughs> with you. Uh, the idea came for you were the originator of the list yeah. of Ashkachas. Um, I don't know historically. I'll apologize if someone else started it, but uh, certainly one of the main forces. So uh, a big Yashiko goes to you as well. Uh, thank you very much. We have already callers. I'm going to accept call. Uh, no callers? None. Okay. We'll accept. We'll accept callers. Uh, you can call us at seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight to speak to Rabbi Fishbane, Rabbi Shalom Fishbane from the CRC, the Chicago Rabbinical Council, or myself, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. That's seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight, or you can text us at three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. That's three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. And if you want to know how to reach us, if you're trying one of the other methods, you can always call at seven one eight five zero six nine. To listen live or archived, or you can listen to us on jrootradio.com uh, and you'll catch us that way. Uh, it be, so, again, you can call 718 683 5858. Rabbi Fishbane could talk about anything in Kashras. And if you were paying for Yumtif and you want some suggestions, well, we could discuss halachas and, and, the, and the ideas of uh, cheese as well. So, that's. Uh, it, it, you can also text us at six, at three four seven nine two seven eight three nine eight. And until some people call in, I just want to take a moment to talk about uh, Glotmart, which is conveniently located at twelve o five Avenue M in Brooklyn, not Chicago, in Brooklyn. And mm-hmm. uh, their specials this week, from June sixth to June tenth, include Tasteless Choice Coffee, twelve ounce at. Ten ninety nine. That's a the good price for the for real tasteless choice. Dugim solid white tuna in water, one dollar and sixty nine cents. That's a very good price. Bishpacha tomato sauce, fifteen ounce, sixty nine cents. Glicks chickpeas, sixteen ounces, seventy nine cents. Yoni's cheese ravioli, thirty ounce, six dollars and ninety nine cents. Sandley boneless chuck, six ninety nine a pound. I chuck roast, seven ninety nine a pound. And at Glatmart, you're getting a quality kashras. They have the supervision of both the Star K and the Vada Kashras of Flatbush. They have uh, expert Nikor, and they have uh, Beit Yosef meats, only Beit Yosef meats. And uh, at Glatmart, you also can save time by parking with their valet parking. Come in from the East 12th Street entrance, and they'll have the car ready for you to load up with those specials that you purchase in the store. And... Uh, we found that over the years, 35 years serving the Jewish community, they understand our needs, their service is fantastic, and the people who work there know what they're doing. So it's a great place to shop. Uh, that's Glatmar, 1205 Avenue M. And if you meet Dove in Glatmar, tell them you heard about, Kash- about Glatmar over Kashrus on the Air and J-Root. 
Okay, we'll get back to our guest, which is, we have a caller? We'll take one caller. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, Yaron. Yaron Kashvis on the air. Hello? Go ahead. Hello? Go ahead. Yaron Kashvis on the air. Can we help you? Yeah, if, I, if someone bakes something in an oven, let's say it's flesh eggs, then right after they're done, do they have to wait a certain amount of time where they could bake something milk eggs in it? It's a different, there are different opinions on that. Best is, you know, I mean, you're a young person. Your best is you can, your parents should really know, and if they don't have a, a clear handle, they should ask their you own rope. But, but I don't, we're losing him? Okay. But just to answer it, even though we've done this about 30, 40 times on the show, uh, there are different opinions. Some people feel that as, lo- as soon as the, mich- is, is a, the oven is turned off already, you could put in um, from milchiks to fleishes, fleishes to milchiks. That's how my Rebbe taught. The concern is only for the, um, that it should be clean, and also that the racks should be the rack for milchiks or the rack for fleishiks. Or you put a piece of tin foil in and uh, underneath it to make sure that it doesn't nothing uh, spills over or that it's not dirty over there. How, there are other people who wait 24 hours, and there are other people who kosher in between. And obviously, each person has different minhagim based on different understandings of the halacha. And we recommend you to ask your own rav. I don't want to go further than that. So we don't see any of the calls. We're going to get some callers. Seven one eight six eight three five eight five eight. Surprised it didn't light up yet. I was, maybe they they want to listen, just like I want to listen. So Rabbi Fishbane, let's talk about some of the other topics. We want to tell us what's going on in Akko these days. Sure, uh, Akko. Um, well, the the Akko has many uh, subcommittees that uh, work throughout the year. Um, as you know, Rabbi Wickler, we have two main um, uh, conventions. One uh, every year at the, the day after Kosher Fest. Uh, people are in town anyway, so it's a good time. Everyone comes together. It's a one day. And we talk about big picture things and about uh, companies and complicated uh, complicated topics. And then we also have a Vodden convention where, where the, the smaller Vodden come together. And we have about, uh, I don't know, 80 to 90 attendees where we come and we, t- we spend two days in a hotel somewhere where we speak about the various uh, topics that um, that are regarding uh, food service only. And those prove to be a tremendous, uh, tremendous thing for the, for the benefit for the, uh, for the members. Uh, but at, during the year, we have many, many uh, subcommittees that work together. We, it's the experts of the individual ashkachas out there um, where the experts of those ashkachas come together to talk a topic. So there are things like uh, the, the most active is the ingredient committee, which is what we call the group one committee. A group one is an industry word that it's a product that doesn't need ashkacha, like water or salt or something like that. So there are many, many, many hundreds and hundreds of items on there that we need the experts to come together. Is this considered a group one or not? But didn't we make a sort of uh, an accept a, a sort of a joint group one list that at one point you had? Uh, where right. Well, that 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 committee was the one that put out that list. But that's a, ever that's a non um, that hasn't. It wasn't a one-time thing. We meet all the time to either revise it okay. or to, uh, you know, people will come up and say, well, I just found, uh, you know, someone just wrote to us that they found, um, they went to do a coffee initial and they found uh, a nice percentage of uh, wheat. I just let you know, like, it, you have to always think like a farmer. <laughs> That's how Kashrus works. I went into a, a coffee company that was roasting coffee. Now, what could be wrong with roasting coffee? All of a sudden, I'm sitting there, and I hear popping. 
I said, what? You know, it, it sounded like, I don't know, a firecracker or a gunshot. Who knows what was going on there? It turned out that there was popcorn kernels, you know, corn kernels in the coffee roaster that were popping. And the guy said, yeah, yeah, the farmers, they like to weigh down the coffee because you pay by weight. So they put all types of stuff in there. Wow. You know, now, it was very insignificant. A couple, it wasn't. Yeah. It wouldn't yeah. make the uh, the coffee kit use. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but uh, the point is is that you have to think like that. So uh, someone came back. So someone, one of the agencies that are part of the ingredient committee will get in and... Um, the uh and they'll um and they'll talk about uh um something they found and we'll all say you know you know that is a change in the industry and we may have to change it so that's as far as the ingredient committee uh certainly the, we have the liquor committee and one of my friends uh uh from the bungalow colony just emailed me he's listening uh, Gary Lunder to tell me please stop talking about liquor uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know i don't get i don't get invited to parties you realize that uh, but uh, no he's a great guy um, so we have a uh, an echo liquor committee um, there's a lot going on there as you heard last week and um, and there's the pesach committee and there's uh, now you have shvius now you have shvius committee and now we, right and we just started our shmita committee right uh, it's being it's being uh, run uh, it's being headed by uh, the the bells are dying Rosh Hashanah Eckstein, who's an ACO member, and um, I sent out an email to the various members. Okay, who in your vod and your organization has a lot of knowledge about Shemitah? And let's get together, put put together this committee. And the idea is to when you have a um, a network of of knowledgeable mashkichim that are stationed throughout the world, they can help track ingredients that may go from Eretz Yisrael without uh-huh. uh, taking off, you know, that doesn't have, that has Kedusha Shriyas, uh, that somehow gets repacked somewhere else and somehow makes it into America. Uh, that would be one thing. Uh, you know, there are various things. Even if something as, uh, this this we, we haven't tackled yet, but we were talking about it today, you know, there's a machlaikis if uh, flowers, the, the stuff you buy for Shavuos and Eretz mm-hmm. if it has a nice scent, if that has Kedusha Shvius or not. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, until now, product coming from Israel, we're always worried about food that you ingest, Shumas HaMais or Shemitah. There's, there's a whole different, um, there's a Machlaikas, it's not, you know. Uh, and certainly there are many, many flowers that come from Israel that are sold uh, to other countries that have been resold to America. So that would be something we would be talking about together. Mm-hmm. And if something comes out that we would want, uh, uh, that we think that the community needs to know about, so we would give out the information to the ACO members, and they'll go and bring it to their communities and let them be aware of. Uh, but, you know, Mir Tzashem, uh, hopefully we're hoping that there won't be any um, there won't be any issues um, to to alert uh, but you know we always have to do our job so that's that's what's going on in uh, ACO that's but, our latest subcommittee so let's take a thank you very much let's take a caller and, and if you'd like to call us you can reach us at 718-683-5858 then we have a few texts to take care of is Gordon is there he's there okay you're Hello. on the air go ahead you're on the air Yes, I wanted to ask about citrus juices, regular commercial orange juice, grapefruit juice, lemon juice, concentrates. Uh, Many times you see particles in the juices. Uh, They're not filtered to the extent of filtering out the citrus, uh, the scale bug scales that are on the surfaces of the 
citrus peels. They're not cleaned beforehand or scraped beforehand by machinery, and they're not filtered adequately. So in the in the regular commercial, all the commercial orange juices and you know grapefruit juices that we consume, they do have a content of scale bugs in the juices. I wanted to know if that's being addressed, uh, you know, in the Hashkalka industry. If it is, and if it's not, why is it not being addressed? Well, I just uh, let's explain for us what the scale uh, is, and uh, then we then then we'll hear the question. Rabbi, Rabbi Fishman, you want to explain a little bit what scale is, and then we'll go in right into the question. Yeah, sure. It's 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 a, a bug that um, it's a you know those little black bugs or that stick onto the. Uh, uh, well, not necessarily black, but they they stick onto the scale into the uh, peel of the um, of the orange, and they're pretty indebted, and that's how they get the nourishment. And uh, the question is that they take the whole orange and squeeze it, and the, you know it could be that the the part of the, the bug will kind of slip off and get into the oranges, and it's so tiny that it doesn't get filtered out. I believe that's the question, and. Uh, the answer is that uh, it is being addressed. I know that it was brought up recently um, uh, at one of the uh, the uh, committees, and uh, I don't have though a Moscona, um or or an update words holding, but I had rec- I have recently heard about it, and it's being talked about. So uh, I don't know. Maybe next time I'm on Rebbe Wickler, we could we could give an update on that. Well, let's hope we get an answer earlier. <laughs> right, I, 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 I know that I know that the agencies that have that are certi- we don't certify uh, orange juice uh, um, that uh, we don't see um, we we don't certify orange juice from that uh, from those areas, but um, you know we get it in um, in concentrate when we redo it. But the agencies that do are squeezing the orange juice. They tell me they've been researching and it hasn't been an issue, but I, I can't give the reasoning. I don't, just don't know the reasoning uh, behind that yet, but I do know they've been comfortable so far. Okay, thank you very much for the question. Okay, with next caller. Okay. Go ahead, you're on Kashmir on the air. Can we help you? Hello? Yes, go ahead. You're on the air with Rabbi Fishbane and Rabbi Wickler. Shalom Aleichem, everybody. A question, something that's listed as 100% pure, such <laughs> as um, a sesame oil or something that's listed as, as extra virgin olive oil. Do these items require hashgachas? Have a fish, man. This is yours. Um, ex- extra virgin olive oil has also been very much discussed lately in the um, in the ACA Group One li- uh, group, especially when it comes for Pesach. Um, and we we spent a lot of time talking to various experts. Um, uh, from the government and and other governments, and uh, we're trying to get a handle on it. And so far, we have not made the change. We still believe that extra virgin olive oil is a cold press without any ashkocha issues. It something comes up from time to time, new information, and there just there hasn't been enough to uh, enough real information. There's a lot of rumors that I can tell you, articles and rumors, uh, but nothing uh, has come up to. Uh, to ask us, you know, to cause us to make a change. And what, so about, the, still, and what about the other one? He asked about... Uh, S- sesame oil. Something that's listed as 100% pure. Do I have to worry that it may not be pure, there may be some mixtures in there, or can I rely on the, I guess, the U.S. Uh, Food and Drug Administration? That it uh, is have, a, a pure item. You have to know what pure means. Um, you have to know what pure means. 
Um, I don't. That's what, that's what I'm quoting. Yeah, no. Right. So extra virgin olive oil would be the, that's an industry word that means it's a cold press. Pure mm-hmm. does not necessarily mean that. Um, it's it's something that has to be. Um, you, you know, I, I I still you would still need to. Uh, it would need Ashkaka. Thank you very much. I just Thank want you. to add on before you go yes. that, that the uh, the area of olive oils is one of the most uh, one of the areas that's most abused, and a lot of people are because the the price between the first grade the olive oil, the the, the cold press, the, the the extra virgin, and plain olive oil is many times. And high quality one even more so, and yet and yet and yet in taste and in usage it's not so clear. And people have, uh, have adulterated the olive oils. The industry is known to be uh, misused very very much. Not just kosher. We're talking about the industry wide problem, and there are many many people have been caught cheating in it. Many uh, of the olive oils will tell you that there's a blend of 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 other oils in it as well. Right, but, but my question was, is in, when it says extra virgin, it's isn't not that, a guarantee. that's not Shem and Zayas. Yes, but uh, it's not I a guarantee. Am I correct in assuming that extra virgin is Shem and Zayas? If it would be, yep. the, what you're saying, if it will be the extra virgin, as Rabbi Fishbane is saying, there's no problem. The question is, are you getting that? Or uh-huh, is it a uh-huh. mislabel, intentionally mislabeled, to be able to make the extra money? And they have caught many people over the years. You could just... Uh, hit Google and you'll, you'll research it. You'll be shocked at the information you're going to get, the articles you're going to get. And there are, in, in, in the secular world, there's been tremendous concern about it. And what, they, what the Mavinam are saying in the secular world is that you should choose the companies very carefully. Extra versions not enough. Choose your companies. Make sure that it's a company that really owns something. It's not just reselling and that has uh, investment in it and has a reputation over a period of time and is a large company. There's certain suggestions they have how to protect yourself. But the, even the non-Jewish world is concerned about this protection. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very Next much. Next caller. Go ahead. Thank you very much. <coughs> Next caller. Go ahead. You're on Kashmir Sandhya. Can we help you? Hi. Um, the previous um, a previous person asked a question about uh, about the bugs in orange juice. So I did see when I drink orange juice sometimes I do see tiny black dots. Should I assume that's a bug and like I shouldn't consume orange juice until we know what the story is? I don't think I, I don't think you need to be concerned. Um, but I'll the, the the best address to do that is to call the hechsher on the on the uh, on the orange juice. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may even ask you to save it for them so they can research it. That, if it would be my Ashkocha, that's what I would ask you to do. Um, but, I, I, again, I, I know that they've been researching this, and they've come back to say it's not an issue. I just don't remember what the reason behind it is. So, uh, to review, best thing is look to see who's giving the Hexer on it. Call them straight, and, um, and they're most probably going to ask you to save the next time you come across it to save it so they can do research. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you for calling. Sure. Go ahead, you're on. Unco- that's it? We have, uh, well, we used all the questions. Okay, so if anybody would like to call us, we still have a few minutes. 718-683-5858. There are uh, some questions over here. Uh, somebody was asking, this is, uh, they, they texted these questions in. They wanted to know about a certain uh, ICES store 
on Coney Island Avenue, asking if it's kosher, I don't know. You'd have to find out this Ashgacha on the store. A lot of our people, you can't believe it, Rabbi Fishbane. I always mm-hmm. quote the CRC and, and on the Star K, and I always mention the people going into the shops over here, they go into the... Uh, uh, they, they got to go to 7-Eleven and they buy the Slurpees and they don't, they just, the Soymechan, the non-Jewish person telling them that these are, you're listing the products as kosher. There's no supervision at all and we argued with them. But Koshi, we were able to set up one store that's under the that's under the Cuff K here in Flatbush. But people going into all these stores and buying without listening to us. Okay. Oh my goodness. The, the, the board is lit up. We have to answer some questions. Go ahead. Okay, you're on Cautious on the Air. Can we help you? Yes, I spoke with you earlier about uh, soda, and you had told me chances are all Sprite is kosher all around. But now that Rabbi Fishbane is on the phone, I wanted to clarify with him. If I call up Sprite and say, you know, this is bottled in Texas. I bought it in New York <laughs> Deli. There's no, there's no OU. There's no kosher symbol on it. And, and, the, and the, the Sprite company themselves told me, the 800 owners told me, if it's no kosher symbols, not kosher. I called OU, they say, they only put it on certain bottling plants. And, 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 uh, and some say, it's kosher all around, no matter what symbol on it. Well, what, I'd like to hear who, you. Who, who, Rab David, who said that to you? Me. Uh, what? Me. Yes, right. I'm the oh, one. I'll be I'm the I'll one. Be and now my fish now my fish bay will oh. explain to you, Rab David, okay. what the reason is. I, that's why I'm calling you. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Uh, um, the, the, the bottling factories um, in, that are interspersed throughout every community or every city has a bottling house, and that's what distributes um, soda, or in the, in the Middle West we call a pop, um, to the various stores. Those places, all they do is they add water, sugar, and, and, and carbon. That's it. Uh, so, and those, the, all of those things are uh, kemat, um, you know, th- those are all innocuous and there's Group no one. problems with them. Yeah. Okay? So the, when, when a hechsher is on a bottle of soda, it's just at the bottling point. The most important ingredient in soda is the flavor that's made in a particular city, let's say you, saw, you know, Sprite, that would be a Coke product, so I guess that would be in Atlanta or around there. And if that's kosher, then you can buy soda anywhere. Anywhere that is, at least in the United States we're talking now, you can, if, if, if the Sprite uh, um, base is kosher, then you can buy Sprite anywhere with or without a hechsher. And to be honest, in Chicago, um, all the Kedushim, and we all serve Sprite or, and 7-Up, and, and they don't have a hechsher on the bottle because you just don't need it. How do you know which products need, which products, uh, which bases have a hechsher or not? So um, that, uh, I'm a little bit of a plug, uh, the CRC website has a very, very extensive list of all of the sodas and pop out there and uh, which ones are kosher. Um, as long as, as I said, um, as long as you're, um, it's coming from that company, it's bottled in the United States, then you should have no problem. So no, you can ask me a particular one, and I can, I can tell you. Okay. But, uh, okay. So that, yes, so that being said, so let me take that one step further. Since you're saying it's basically the flavoring, and once we know that a certain of flavoring is kosher, for example, Sprite, Coke, 
or other things, Dr. Pepper, can we then be able to go into a 7-Eleven store that use that same flavoring and not be worried about getting the Slurpee of that flavor? Well, what should be the problem of getting a Slurpee from 7-Eleven, even if that 7-Eleven doesn't have a hexer on it? Being with uh, the flavor. Great, great question. Great question. The answer is you, that it's not the same thing because in order to... Um, make um, a flavor for a Slurpee, they need to change the flavor in order that it freezes well. And you have to add in things, like one of my favorite uh, examples would be Diet Pepsi. Diet Pepsi, as an example, in order, because they took out the sugar, so they had to put in something else that would freeze well, because if, uh, if you freeze it without the sugar, um, it will just become a solid piece of ice. They put in something called tagatose. Tagatose has actually come from whey, which comes from cheese. <laughs> now, wow. so, as an example, Diet Pepsi may have a, a small amount of milk in there. It may be bottled. That, that's not for now. But my point is that a Slurpee flavor would not be the same as a soda flavor because they need to change and add things in order that it freezes the right consistency. Okay, thank, thank you, you very good. much. We had, we'll take one more caller, because we we they're all lit up, but it's too late. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yes, you're unconscious on the air. I, th- I, th- I think your callers, Rabbi Wickler, are on Chicago time. They, <laughs> six o'clock Chicago time. You know what? I'm going to give out your cell phone and let them call uh, you after the show. Uh, yeah. <laughs> With a friend like that. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Next call. You're on the air. Go ahead. Thank you for a wonderful program. You're welcome. I'm calling about mushrooms in the can, canned mushrooms. I know that regular mushrooms you have to check very carefully, and I just want to know if it has a hashgacha on it, does that mean it was checked and we could use it no matter what? Checked, you definitely wasn't checked. I can tell you it wasn't checked. When you say checked, you don't mean that the mushrooms you have were checked. You mean to say that they that the Hashkocha ascertained that it doesn't have uh, a, a uh, concern uh, for insects in that batch or in the whole thing that they're working with there, but not that they, you've checked it. It hasn't been checked. But now do we need to check it? No, they don't check it. No, no, no. You buy vegetables. It? When you buy vegetables in a package, in a, in a, in a back package, it's also not been checked. It's just a chazaka that's made. Do you want to answer her quickly? Because we only have like one minute. Rabbi. Well, you know, one of the, re- one of the ways that, they, that the reason why canned mushrooms, that they don't have to check as much because if there's a bug in there, many times it gets uh, in the retort process, which is an extremely high temperature of steam bath. Uh, will disintegrate the uh, the bug or whatever's in there. It's not the same as a fresh product, which you'll have uh, a, a whole bug, which may be us. Or that's the very short um, answer. But uh, you know, certainly the hashkocha that's involved um, does take that into account. Uh, that um, and and Rabbi, would not put something infested in there. Rabbi Fishbane, I'm going to thank you very much. I would the coalition's wait one half a second. I'm just going to tell you that we'll be leading that to discuss this next time. There definitely is much more to it than we were able to in this few moments. I hope to be able to discuss with you mushrooms on the next time that we have the show. So uh, thank you very much, Rabbi Fishbane, for the giving us the time, especially after my mix-up. And uh, we hope to have you again on again soon. I wish okay, you a good yontif. Okay, my pleasure. I'm wishing everybody uh, a good yontif and a kosher yontif. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. I was right. Rabbi uh, Shalom Fishbane from the, uh, the uh, Chicago Rabbinic Council, and this is Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashas Magazine, wishing everybody a wonderful Yom Tov.